0: Well, one of the last times I heard a sermon on the Bible was in a youth group. and I had a youth pastor who's a great guy. love him a lot, huge mentor in my life. Uh, and he got really enthusiastic when he preached, like really intense, and he used to be a hockey player, and he kind of beefed up a little bit after he was done with hockey, so he was a big presence on stage when he was talking. And so he was particularly animated in this sermon he was giving about Scripture, and at one point he raised the Bible up and he said, if any of this is wrong, it's all wrong. I still remember that. It stuck out to me. And I know uh, my youth pastor's intention in saying that was to build our trust in Scripture. He maybe uh, was taking a defensive posture on attacks of the Bible that maybe he had received or he knew that we were going through. But I, I remember in that moment where he intended to put seeds of trust in my life with the Bible, it actually did the opposite put seeds of distrust towards the Bible. And since that time, I've really, my, my relationship with the Bible has, has been a story of rebuilding trust, rebuilding trust in how to engage the Bible, how to trust it again. Last week, Michael talked about some reasons why we can trust the Bible, and I encourage you, if you didn't get to listen to that message, go back and listen to it, because he brings up some very important, objective reasons why we can entrust the authority of Scripture. And they aren't fear-based reasons, at all. And I've those objective reasons for trusting Scripture have been so helpful in rebuilding my trust uh, throughout my life. Things like there's at least thirty-three authors of the Bible who all tell this uh, this story uh, throughout time. Uh, it, it's been confirmed over and over again by followers of Jesus throughout centuries. There's stories outside of Scripture historically that corroborate the experiences that we read in Scripture. There's far more, early, uh, far more copies of the early manuscripts than any other ancient texts. There's plenty of objective truths out there that instill, have instilled and rebuilt my trust in Scripture. But as I was thinking about this, the most transformative thing in rebuilding my trust or ensuring my trust or building it in fresh ways has not necessarily been the why questions, but the how questions. Hasn't necessarily been the objective truths about the authority of Scripture, but my own subjective experience with Scripture. The best I can put this is, I trust the Bible because I've tried it. I trust the Bible because I've tried it, because I've seen God's work of transformation in my own life as I've encountered the Bible and through uh, the book in other people's lives. God's leadership is undeniable through the Bible. So, what I want to touch on today is not so much why we trust the Bible, but how we engage in rebuilding trust with the Bible. So, You might ask, well, how do you actually do this? And I think, well, we should open it up and check it out. So the scripture I want to read today is in 2 Peter 3, uh, starting in verse 10. So if you want to turn there, open it up in our Mill City app or on your phone if you want to do that. And let me give you a little backdrop of the story before we turn there. So uh, 2 Timothy is this book that the Apostle Paul is writing to this young a uh, leader in the church, Timothy. I resonate a lot with Timothy's experience. He's new in leadership. He's trying out his gifts. He's he's taking on more leadership in, in these small little churches that Paul has started. And one thing that we have to understand about the stories surrounding this text is that Christianity is really new. And it's getting a lot of pressure from the Jewish faith, from the Jewish communities from which it's risen up out of, And most of those pressures has been arguments or critiques that they're misinterpreting Scripture by believing in Jesus. Most of the attacks are centered on how they're understanding the Bible. And so Timothy, this young Jewish leader, is thinking to himself and constantly probably getting attacked for the way that he's interpreting Scripture in in relation to the ways that he's been taught as he grew up as a youth. So let that story kind of permeate your attention and imagination as we read this text. And this text is going to start with Paul talking about his own life, and then at the end of the text, we're going to get into him basically telling Timothy how he should engage with Scripture, why he should engage with it, and what it means for his own maturity, and what it means for his own transformation. So let's read this together, starting in verse 10 of chapter 3 here. You, however... Know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and persecution I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of those things. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You can imagine Timothy bringing all of his tense conversations with the Jews in, into his mind as he reads these words from Paul. While evildoers uh, and imposters will go f- uh, from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He has probably particular people in mind as he's saying that. And then he says this about Scripture and Timothy's relationship to Scripture. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. I like that word because I'm the associate pastor of training. Are Useful for correcting, training, and righteousness. Training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I think here Paul is making an argument or... Uh, discipling Timothy on how he can engage with Scripture, how he can trust Scripture in this tumultuous time and situation that he's in. I think there's three key things we learn from Paul about how we can engage in Scripture, how we can engage in Bible, and wherever we're at on the trust scale of the Bible, engaging in Scripture in these ways will, I think, help us build trust by actually experiencing the Bible for ourselves. The first thing I think uh, Paul is asking Timothy to do when he says, continue uh, as you have been from infancy or uh, as you've been shaped by the story. He says, let God's story continue to shape your story. He's inviting Timothy to say, let God's story continue to shape your story. At Mill City, we've, always, or we've been talking about for a long time how the, the Bible can be understood as God's story, God's action in the world over time, over centuries of time. And we, we've talked about how it's really helpful to understand the arc of God's story throughout all of the Bible to give us understanding for the particular stories we're reading. So I think it was like three years ago we went through the sermon series Epic, where we went through different chapters of God's big story. And remember, we had the little, the little icons up here to help us remember that. And even our littlest ones, uh, the kids in our church, know the big God story. I even brought a picture along of uh, an illustration that they've done of uh, so they can conceptualize God's big story. Now, that's how they conceptualize it. I think that's way more fun than what we did. And maybe uh, next week we'll just scrap it and have you guys write on these big things just for fun. Uh, But here's how I would articulate in four big movements God's story. And this is crucial. I'll uh, I'll explain that in a little bit. Creation, fall, redemption, and renewal. God's story started with a world that he created perfect and then Brokenness entered the world through our own mistakes, through our own shortcoming, and through the temptation of the evil one. And Jesus is the high point of God's work towards redemption from what was broken from that time. And now we live in between the last two of these chapters where the redemption of Jesus is coming, it's taken hold in our own lives, so it's taking hold in the world around us, but we long for one day when Jesus will come again and that full renewal will come, the kingdom of God will be manifest fully here on Earth, and God's story fits in that trajectory, in that what we would call a meta narrative, and that's really important because when I think, I think when we engage in Scripture, we're engaging a multiplicity of stories when we're reading Scripture, and I think there's at least four stories we're engaging that I think is really important as we learn how to trust Scripture to keep in mind. If you could put up the next slide. I brought those along. So God's story, which I just explained, is what we engage. We need to hold that in our attention when we read Scripture. Another piece is the particular story that we're reading, the particular story of, say, uh, the woman at the well in the gospel or something like that. There's also the author's story. As I took time when we read the scripture today to explain the backdrop of what was going on in Paul and and Timothy's life as they were reading it, there's a story going on there. You have four gospels with four different authors in the Bible, and each of them has their own story that they bring to the text, and it influences the way they tell the story of Jesus. So that's at play as well. And then we bring our own story to the stories that we're reading. So there's all of these layers of stories, and I think what Paul is in some sense communicating to Timothy is to continue to bring your story to these stories, and when we let the interplay between these stories happen in our lives, that is the transformation that builds trust in Scripture. When we bring ourselves to Scripture and we ask, what's the story, understanding that there's all of these stories happening, we're shaped by Scripture, One of the things I get to do in addition to being a pastor at Mill City is I I lead a small company and a part of it is tech stuff. And so I get to uh, talk with young tech entrepreneurs every once in a while. And let me tell you, they are living their life into a story. There's a particular story tech entrepreneurs tell that they live into, that they submit their life to. To the glory of Silicon Valley, their startup will soon be bought by Google, probably tomorrow. And there's a certain hope that they have in that story. What I'm saying is that when we encounter scripture, we bring our story into the grand narrative that God is doing in the world and that particular story, and that interchange where we meet that story transforms us and we can trust that transformation. You might ask, well, first of all, let me read this quote that I think sums up part of what I'm trying to say really well. Michael showed this to me earlier this week. This is a quote from Sally Lloyd-Jones. She says, we are saved not by a rule book. We are saved by a story. It's encountering the story of Jesus. It's encountering the work of God throughout time that really transforms us. We have to learn how to encounter that story. You may ask, well, is it just the story? Right? That's the natural question that comes up. Is this just the story we tell? As in, is it some myth that we just tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better or give us better direction for life? No. And I think Paul has a great answer for that in the next verse when he says, all Scripture, this story that we're believing and living into, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. What does it mean for Paul to say God-breathed? in that moment. I think it means a lot of things, and there's been lots and lots of books written on this word inspiration. That's the word there. What does it mean for the word of God to be inspired? This is a term that Paul uses from Genesis. The word that he uses is the same word that uh, the Greeks used to to translate when uh, God breathed life into Adam and Eve. So in some sense, Paul is trying to capture this idea that God has made this book, this Bible, alive. And how has He done that? God's Spirit dwells there. That's where we meet God in some sense through Scripture. It's also an analogy that's saying this is the story of God's Spirit Himself working throughout time. This is uh, He's also making reference to the Spirit of God influencing those who wrote uh, the words that they were under the leadership of the Holy Spirit as they penned these letters and these stories and as the community uh, uh, came about writing these things down. He's also giving reference to us having this Holy Spirit within us when we engage in Scripture and that transformation that happens. Paul is essentially saying that Scripture, the Bible, is a place where we can listen to God. It's not just a book that we read. It's a place where we learn to hear God's voice because we learn what God has been like throughout history. We learn how God has led his people throughout time, but we also learn to hear what God sounds like in our own life, and we respond to that. The next thing I think Paul uh, talks about is that Scripture moves us to a place where we have to decide what to do with it. We have to discern what to do with what we hear from God in his story. So as we're encountering the scripture, we're asking, what's the story here? The second thing we're asking is, what is God saying to us? And the third thing we may ask is, how are we to respond to this? How are we to respond to this? And this makes all the difference. I think most of our time in our interaction with scripture, we only get through the first two steps. We may sit in a Bible study or something like that, read God's scripture, understand the story behind it, hear from God, and then what? And then what? And here's really where the rubber meets the road, I think. And this is what I mean when I say I've tried this. I trust the Bible because I tried it. It's because there's stories and stories of my life where I've encountered God's voice through scripture. And I've submitted myself to his leadership, and it's transformed my life forever. When I was a sophomore in college, I was reading through scripture, and week after week, God kept bringing me to the story of Abraham, and the words, leave your family and go to a place I will show you. I couldn't shake those words in my mind. And that 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 reading of scripture, hearing God's voice, came uh, in the midst of me discerning what I should do with my life, discerning if I should change schools and go somewhere else. And I brought this before my community in that time, the church I was going to, the people I was in community with, and they confirmed, like, yeah, that sounds like something God would say to you. It sounds right to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life right now. And I couldn't shake it. It kept mulling over and over again. And long story short, over a season of time, I've decided to move to Tennessee I know, right, who would move to Tennessee in general? But I decided to move to Tennessee to a, to, to a place that my relatives had gone to school and pursue studying the Bible, and that was a hard decision. I did not want to do that. The first time it became clear to me that what was God was saying to me through the story in Scripture, I was very resistant to doing that. I liked my friends. I liked where I lived. But I'm standing here today saying, making that decision, following God's voice that came to me through Scripture, has changed my life. And it's built so much trust in my uh, relationship with the Bible. These stories come up over and over again in our life as a church. Uh, I think of in missional communities... I've been in, had the privilege of being a part of Captives Free, the missional community here focused on human trafficking. And I remember the early meetings we had in that, we didn't know what in the world we were supposed to do. And we kept coming to Scripture and reading over Scripture and dwelling in Scripture, and God kept bringing uh, Luke 4 to our mind where Jesus says, I've come to set the captives free, and that was before we even had a name. And, and, and we were so formed, we were so driven by that Scripture. God spoke to us so much through that scripture that we named our missional community that, and it became the driving force of what we were about to set captives free. And each missional community that exists in this congregation probably has stories like that where they've gone to scripture, and they've submitted to it, and they've listened to God, and then it shaped who they're reaching out to. It shaped the neighborhoods they're going into. It shapes what they're doing next. We as a congregation, every time, or we as a covenant membership, every time we come together, are, are centered around Ephesians 4. It's the text that drives us. We do this thing called dwelling in the word that uh, missional communities practice, or some of us practice together. We've practiced it before and here. It's basically a way to read scripture slowly and listen to what God is saying. And we've shaped who we want to become off of that. Um, we, we now have five pastors that represent each of the giftings that are in Ephesians 4, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think we've been shaped over time by pursuing what God's done through that passage, what God did through that passage in our community. So in order for us to build trust, how we trust Scripture, when we engage in it, we have to ask, what's the story? We have to be open to listening what God is saying and lastly we have to be opening to open to actually try it to make a decision to move towards that thing that God is saying to us in our lives and I think that will be the ultimate judge of whether or not scripture is trustworthy in your life the world will look at us and look at our holy text and say how is that different than any other religion that that has a, a scripture to it And I think the best metric of whether it can be trusted is what difference it makes in our life as a community. How it shapes us, how it forms us, the sort of fruit that that bears in our lives should be a testimony to the trustworthiness of the scripture that we follow. And so it is so crucial in this sermon series, it's so crucial in this moment in time in our church, for if we have trust issues with Scripture, for us to move towards and engage in Scripture. You know, for a long season after my youth pastor said that thing about the Bible, I was scared to even open my Bible because I was scared I was going to find something that was wrong. I was paralyzed. My fear froze me from actually engaging or moving forward. And forever for us to, to develop, to grow trust, we have to engage in Scripture together on our own, Because the leadership that we receive from God as we do so will guide our church into what it needs to do next. Your listening to God together, individually and collectively, will help us lead, uh, help this congregation move forward into what God actually wants us to do today. So, I have some real practical things that you can do to re engage with Scripture, to build trust. A lot of us at Mill City followed this uh, really helpful daily text guide, Moravian Daily Text. We read this every second or first Sunday of the month here as well. This is just a really simple way for you to re-engage with Scripture or engage in Scripture in a daily fashion. Uh, we just went through this emotionally healthy spirituality day by day. It also is anchored in Scripture, and I would suggest that as well. i got to be honest, from my own Uh, experience with the story of scripture, or with scripture, I uh, guilt tripped myself a lot by not being able to maintain a quiet time or a daily reading of the text. And it's taken me 28 years for some reason, but I've just realized that that's not necessarily for me. And what is for me is that I set apart time where I can have like an hour or two to deeply immerse myself in scripture where I'm actually listening to God in the story. It's not that I don't engage in daily readings sometimes, but I'm not, I, that's not the end-all, be-all of my engagement with, with Scripture. So I would suggest to you, if you're looking for a fresh way to engage with Scripture, just look for the, like three hours in the next 30 days, where you can either individually take one hour or take a three-hour chunk and sit with a book. If you need a book, start with the Gospel of John. That's a fun one. And just sit and listen and ask the question what's the story here what's God's big story and what influence does that have on the story that I'm reading what's the story in front of me and what is God saying to me through that text and what should I do about it another sense uh, or another way I would encourage you is in the context of missional community this is really a space that we create at Mill City for you to listen to God together through scripture and as our community does that in missional community context or other contexts that we do that we build our trust in Scripture and build our trust in God. And it's important that we're not just reading Scripture on our own. Scripture is meant to be read in community. So if you hear something from God or saying something and it's wacky, someone can say, no, I think that was the, che- the Cheetos that you just benched out on talking and not God. Talking to your, to your heart. I think that's really important for us to have checks and balances within our community. I just want to close uh, today by praying and the band could come up. And I really want to encourage you, however you feel in relation to the Bible, if there's trust issues going on there, carve out some time this week to re-engage with it. Maybe you just need to have an open conversation with God and say, I'm not sure I can actually trust this right now, but I'm engaging in it, I'm moving towards it. And trust me, when you engage in it, when you move towards in it, when you try scripture out that's how we build trust as a community in the bible let's pray holy spirit thank you for your leadership of our lives god i pray against any temptation or discouragement that would create doubt or create anxiety or fear of engaging in your word and your story god you want us to meet you there. And so in Jesus' name, I pray protection over those times in our lives. God, I ask you to put a desire in our heart to meet you in the Bible, to meet you as we engage with Scripture. God, rebuild our trust. Build our trust. Strengthen it in ways that is strong already in your Scripture. Strengthen how we hear your voice. Make us better and better and better about hearing what your leadership is in our lives and responding to it, God. Help us to encourage each other as a community to do that. God, give us confidence that when we read scripture, we can hear your voice. We can be shaped by the stories in it and that your leadership is good in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.